Welcome to the Grappling Discourse Podcast. Today's episode is going to be a long one. I'm going to start by talking about my strength and conditioning. Then we're going to get into athletes and promoters. And lastly, we're going to talk about Craig Jones versus Yuri Samoas, the newest BJJ beef. I haven't talked about strength and conditioning in a while. I'm going to give you guys an update. I've got three big things that I'm working on. Currently, I am trying to lose weight. So this past year, I was trying to gain weight. I was trying to get big. I was trying to get thick. And I was trying to see how heavy I could get. I got up to the heaviest I have ever been. I weighed 191 at one point. Now, for the most part, I was walking around about like 183 to 185. Um, but I'm just kind of over that. And a lot of it is because I've been doing a lot more body weight exercises. I've just been more into that. I'm kind of done with the heavy weight lifting. I've been focusing a lot more on my cardio and just, yeah, moving my body better. And I always feel like losing some body fat and slimming down makes that much, much easier. And so I'm trying to get to, I haven't decided if I want to go under 170 pounds. I really like like what 180 feels like, but I'll probably probably get to like 168 to 170. Definitely no lower than 168. Today I weighed 179.8, so 10 pounds, you know, not too far. Um, yeah, so we'll see, but I am on the carnivore diet again. I started two weeks ago just eating meat, fruit, and cheese and I feel amazing my brain I think the biggest thing about the carnivore diet one it definitely helps with inflammation but I really feel so much more clear-headed like I don't have the brain fog and I really like that and I've listened to Joe talk about that and I completely agree like the carnivore diet definitely leads to clearer thinking for myself and I just I feel really good mentally when I'm not eating all the processed foods. Now, the second thing I'm working on is running. I have been running a ton. And it's funny, when I first started running with the guys, it was like six months ago now. And when we started, it was simple, you know. And I always try to tell you guys or like the people I'm working with or if somebody asks my advice, whenever I start something, I try to start just really simply, you know. I don't try to push it. I wasn't like timing my miles. I wasn't going out there and trying to run 10 miles right off the bat. I mean, we just started with a one mile run and I didn't really care how fast the guys ran. And then we went, moved, worked up to a mile and a half, two miles, and we started doing 5Ks. And I think the farthest we've gone is five miles as a team. But myself, I've done eight miles. That's the farthest I've gone in these six months. But I've just started like really keeping track of my time. And I'm trying to PR now, now that running has got comfortable. It's funny. I remember when doing those two miles was like brutal, you know, I'd be like, oh man, like the 5k used to be brutal. And now I don't get sore at all. I feel great running. And I'm really starting to now again, keep track of the time and just trying to beat my personal bests. And I'm really obsessed right now with the one mile. Now my all time best one mile run is five minutes and 12 seconds. I did that going in to play college soccer. And a lot of people are like, man, that is super fast. But it's funny, like as a soccer player, like when I was in high school, to be on the varsity team, we had to run a sub minute, or excuse me, a sub six minute mile. So yeah, I mean, it was just something that, 
you kind of did in soccer. Like you were always running and we had one mile tests. We would constantly run five K's and it was just a part of soccer where other sports, I mean, you just never run that far. It's mostly like how fast you can run 40 yards or how fast you can do like a suicide on the basketball court. But with soccer, it was always those long distance runs. And so I've always been more acclimated to that, I think, than other people just because of that experience. But anyways, trying to beat my all-time mile run. And I really got back into running recently for a couple of reasons. I figured it would be really good for the guys, but also for myself. I was listening to a podcast and there's just times, you know, you hear something on a podcast that like really changes your life. And for me, I can't remember which podcast it was. It was either Andrew Huberman or Paul Saladino. It was one or the other. But they were talking about how most people in their adult life, like after the age of 35, like 99% of adults after that age never sprint again never run again and they just lose that ability and I didn't want that to be me and I just have decided I'm going to continue to run until the day I die I want to be in my 90s like if I live to be 95 years old I want to be able to run at 95 and it's possible I've seen I think like the I was looking up like the marathon records for and there's there's 90 year olds that have pretty damn good marathon results um, they're definitely running faster marathons than, than most people, especially people that aren't really good athletes uh, in their, their younger years. And so it is possible. And I just figured if I can run at 90, I'm going to be able to roll and do jujitsu at 90 because running and jumping are one of the hardest things uh, you can like put your body through. And so if you're able to do that, I'm like, what? I'll definitely be able to roll. And so I want to keep this ability for as long as possible and I figured why not like let's get back and just see how far we can push it and I always love beating my younger self so anytime I set a new PR on something that you know I did when I was like in my mid-20s and now that I'm 33 which I know still isn't that old but it's still super cool and I just love aging gracefully and aging and just bettering myself as I age. And so that's my second big goal is that mile time. And currently I am at 555. So I ran a six minute mile like two, two and a half weeks ago. And then I ran a 558. And then yesterday I ran a 555. The third thing I'm really working on fitness wise, hip flexors. So my hip flexors, I've been neglected for a very long time, and I'm sure most people's have. You know, it's just a muscle you don't think much about. It's a muscle you don't really see. And so most of the work we're doing when it comes to legs is going to be just quad and hamstrings. And so while I've done a lot of quad and hamstrings, I feel like I have been missing out on one of the most important muscles, particularly when it comes to athletics. And so I'm trying to strengthen and lengthen my hip flexors. And so I've been doing a lot of like knee over toe stuff. Just those knee over toe lunges are phenomenal for strengthening and lengthening those bad boys. But I've been doing a lot of like L sits and knee, uh, knees up, like knees to chest and like toes to bar. Uh, so I've been doing a lot of those like gymnasticy type of movements. And then I've also been using the monkey feet. So you guys can... Get a monkey f- uh, feet on Amazon. It's like 30 bucks. It's super good for your hamstrings and hip flexors. Like you can train those 
uh, two muscle groups and um, just a way that you're not really able to uh, without it. And so I've been using the monkey feet, strap it on the foot, and then I'll put like a 15-pound weight, and then I'll just try to bring my knee up as high as I can and do some isometric holds, and man... The burn on the hip flexor is real. It is a very, very tough workout. And I've already noticed, I've been doing this for probably the past three weeks, and I can already tell that my hip flexors are definitely lengthening and definitely opening up. So those are my three big things. Trying to lose weight, trying to get that mile time down, and I'm trying to strengthen and lengthen the hip flexors. I want to leave you guys... uh, with the strength conditioning with just a challenge. This is a workout we did last week and I know some of you guys are really into your fitness and you're always looking for that next challenge. Well, something we did that was super hard, a couple of the guys threw up, all of us were pretty much dead afterwards even if we didn't throw up and that uh, routine was three miles. So the first mile is a run. So you're gonna run that first mile, the second mile is on the assault bike and the third mile uh, is going to be the row machine. And it is super, super hard. Uh, This was a really tough one. And this is done as fast as you possibly can. So right when you take your first step on that run, the timer starts. And you do not stop that timer. So there is no pause in between. You can rest, but the timer is going to continue to go. And you're trying to finish these three miles, um, three one miles, as fast as possible. And, uh, yeah, super tough. It took me, uh, what it took me 17 minutes and 31 seconds. The fastest, um, actually just one person beat me. I finished second in the group. Um, young cat beat me 19 year old, uh, beat me by seven seconds. Yeah. He finished at 1724, but yeah, really tough one. Do not stop that timer. Give it a go. If you're looking to challenge yourself and, uh, <laughs> Make sure you're outside or you've got access to a a trash can. If you really push yourself, you might be throwing up. Now let's get into athletes and promoters because I know how difficult it can be dealing with promoters as an athlete that's really trying to get on super fight cards or maybe you're trying to enter into like a tournament bracket and you feel obligated to this promoter like you just said you were going to compete on their show and now you feel like you have to you feel like hey this person's doing me a favor the best i can do is like show up and give my best and while yes i think the martial art like way is yes like if you say you're going to do something you should do it but let me tell you guys my thoughts on the athlete promoter relationship and when I really think um, there's a relationship and when I feel like it's honestly like there's not a relationship. And so my thing is this, if you are not getting paid, if you have not gotten paid, so if you have not gotten paid or if you're not getting paid at all, then you do not owe that promoter anything. And so one of our athletes was... She came to me and she was like, hey, I feel terrible because um, I was going to compete on the super fight show, but I um, got asked to do a different tournament that same weekend and I wanted to go because it's like a 3v3 team thing and I want to go compete with 
uh, it's these two other girls. It's going to be a blast. And so I told that promoter I couldn't do it and I felt super bad. And I, you know, I think he might be mad at me. And I was like, look, this promoter and like this guy puts on a show and it's a pretty good show. Um, and I like this guy a lot, but at the same time, the athletes have to pay to be on the show. So she was going to have to sell tickets for this show and she had to sell $150 worth of tickets. And if she didn't, the fee to compete was a hundred dollars. And so I was telling her, I said, look, if you are paying to compete, if like a promoter's asking you, like maybe it's a 16 person bracket and winner takes all type thing. If you're having to pay to enter and the promoter's not getting you a hotel, the promoter's not like giving you a car, like a rental car, if the promoter's not doing anything other than giving you a match, then you do not owe them anything. You owe them nothing. This is, I mean, really, you are doing them the big favor. You're the one competing for them. You're the one giving them a match. You're the one giving them content. You're the one paying them in a lot of these cases where maybe it's just the $125 entry fee. And I know, yes, like a lot of these places are like, look, we don't take the entry fee. That entry fee goes, you know, like a lot of the times these 16-person brackets will be $125 entry fee. And they'll have 16 people, which equals $2,000. And so they'll be like, look, we're not taking anything. I hear you. But at the same time, the athletes are providing your pot. And the pot is what's making people want to come. And it's kind of like what you're like, hey, look, we're having this pro bracket. It's $2,000 up on the line. But it's like, yeah, but the athletes are providing that. You're just providing the venue. And you're going to film it. But it's not like you're the one like that like bringing the athletes in, like anytime I ever did that stuff, no promoter ever paid a hotel for me. They never gave me food money. They never gave me gas money, you know, and I made a couple hundred dollars here and there. But, you know, again, I, I don't feel like I owe any of the promoters that I ever competed for anything, you know, and I wish I actually would have been a little more stingy and seen it more as like a business thing and would have pulled out of a couple of matches because even matches I won because I just wasn't injured. I wasn't in the right frame of mind. And there's definitely one match I lost where I didn't really get to train coming up to it. And uh, I just wasn't in the right space mentally. And I wish I would have pulled out, but I felt like I owed that promoter and that man, like, you know, I, owe like I said, I was going to do a show, but it's like, I mean, yeah, I said I was going to do it, but again, I'm not getting anything in return. And that's what you have to ask yourself. Now, it's completely different like in MMA because with MMA, these promoters do get hotels. They do pay you gas. They do pay, uh, you know, they, they do provide. And especially MMA, like if you're signing a contract, like with these MMA guys, like they'll sign a contract and they'll get paid show money and they'll get paid a win bonus and they'll get a percentage of their thing. That's That's different. And so, yeah, if you're signing a contract with Flow to compete on WNO, and they're going to pay you a thousand dollars and then they're going to fly you out and stuff like that. That's completely different. And I do think there needs to be a real reason that you're not showing up and it better be a good one. But yeah, just for these local or again, like, Hey, I want to go compete at like Midwest finishers or something like that. Or I want to go do like one of these like local, you know, they're having a blue belt super fight or a eight man blue belt tournament. Like if you're having to pay to go do it, 
don't let these promoters bitch at you and complain at you and act like you're doing this, this huge disservice. It's like, look, if you're providing better and if you were like, it would just be a completely different thing. But at the end of the day, I don't want to say you're using me, but you need me to, for content and you need me for your show. But at the end of the day, like you're not giving enough. You're not, you're not, it's just a lot different, you know? So that's what I want to say is like, don't feel bad for backing out of like a match or, you know, day of and day before, that's not cool, you know? But if you give them a week's notice, I don't see any issue with that at all. No issue at all, unless they've already like, yeah, you're super, super scummy if, if they've already bought your flight and they've got a hotel for you and now you're trying to back out. But like I said, if it's just like a local show, you're gonna have to drive two hours to, you're gonna have to get a hotel to, or you're gonna have to bring the family to, and you're gonna have to spend money and then you're gonna have to pay to compete and you've got one super fight, you got one match on there and you decide to back out, who cares? No big deal at all. Just give the promoter a week's notice. Really, even like five days. If the match is Saturday and you tell them Monday, I don't think there's any big deal with it. But it is crappy to do that. Like if you do day before, that's super scummy because your opponents already got there and they might be coming from out of town as well. And now they don't have a match and they've spent money and they've prepared for nothing. So just give these people, you know, five to seven days at least. But the earlier, the better you, uh, that you tell them. Um, yeah, I, I don't think there's anything wrong. And trust me with this. Promoters always need somebody. So you might be thinking, oh, well, if I back out this time, they'll never want to work with me again. Or they're mad, you know, and I know promoters like, They'll, they'll definitely be a dick to you, you know, promoters will definitely like complain and just act like you put them way off, you know, like, oh my gosh, I just got you this match and now, now you're not going to do it. Oh, like they'll say something to you, but I guarantee if you ask to have a match again on their show, they will take you because they always need people, especially these shows where you are paying to compete or you're paying to like enter into the bracket. I guarantee they'll give you a second and maybe even a third chance. Now, if you've done this three, four, five, six times, like, yeah, there's going to be a time where they just go, hey, like, they probably just block you and they won't even respond when you ask. But if you just do it once, maybe even twice, I guarantee they'll give you another shot because, again, they always need somebody. Now, I saved the best for last because you guys know how much I love jujitsu beef and feel like the scene's been pretty quiet recently. Gordon Ryan's coming back, but he's coming against uh, coming back against uh, Lucas Hulk Barboza. A match that, I mean, Gordon hasn't really been talking too much trash. He doesn't really need to. Lucas Hulk Barboza, I feel like, uh, even though he got second at ADCC, so he ended up losing to um, his teammate, uh, Gordon's teammate, Giancarlo Bodani, in the finals of the 88 kilogram division. So, you know, he had a super successful ADCC run. Um, his match against Bodani in the finals was sick, but Hulk's way undersized. He's lost a couple matches since then, and he's going against the best grappler to ever have lived. 
a guy that's on a almost 60 fight win streak, cementing everybody, and he's also juiced to the gills, 230 pounds, Gordon Ryan. And so I feel like Gordon, like there's just not a lot to say. Like Gordon's already basically said, like he's gonna be, he could tell Lucas what he's gonna do to him before the match, and yeah, he couldn't stop. He's not gonna be able to stop it. And Gordon's, for the while, has been the biggest source of kind of drama in the community. And there's been a couple of others. We've seen Gio and Mikey Musumichi. We've seen, you know, some of the the fight sports guys, and that's been a different type of drama. And yeah, you'll see something here or there, but last week, or I guess it was this week, early this week, Yuri Samoas went at Craig Jones. And this, I guess, has been brewing. Now, somebody, uh, I think it was actually Craig, came out and said that Yuri Samoas, I think he said this on one of his podcasts, but he said, that Yuri Samoas, who um, is out of Kyle Terra's gym out in San Francisco, and so that's where he teaches and trains at. Well, at that gym, he made somebody change out of B-team attire for his class. He would not let them wear B-team's gear in his gym. He made them change. And Craig just was like, man, I thought me and Yuri always cool. I don't know what that was about, but somebody told me that Yuri told them to change out of their B-team gear and that the B-team gear was not welcome at Calatera's Association at their HQ in San Francisco. What's that about? Well, Nikki Rod has a match coming up with Yuri Samoas. Now, Nikki Rod and Yuri Samoas competed at ADCC Absolute. Yuri Samoas took the victory in which was a very forgettable match. It was super boring. He ended up taking the ref's decision. Either guy could have won, but in reality, the fans lost. It was just a terrible match. And so this is a rematch. Nikki Rod has been on fire since ADCC. I feel like that loss to Gordon um, in the finals of that heavyweight was was great for him. I I just I think he's looked great his past couple performances and I am curious to see how they match up this time. But they're matched up. So B team going against Yuri Samoas. And Craig Jones is you know posting has been posting a lot and he posted a video on his Instagram and Yuri Samoas commented on it and he had a uh little trash to talk to Craig on his on his Instagram post and it really just kind of came out of nowhere and I uh, I think I was I think most people and I'm sure Craig was just as perplexed as the rest of us is where this was coming from but yeah Yuri went on one of his posts where Craig was talking about you know he's kind of making a joke about why he uh, you know, competes against or tries to compete against UFC guys and was kind of saying that they're tested. Uh, if their UFC fighters are currently being tested, and <laughs> he likes going against guys that are being USADA tested. And Gary popped on there and was just basically like, yeah, like this guy's not joking. I can't believe people listen to his BS or something, something like that. And uh, Craig responded with like a couple of hilarious things. But at the same time, this is going on. Somebody posts a story on Reddit about Yuri Samoas coming to their gym. 
Yuri Samos teaches a seminar at this person's gym. At the end of the seminar, one of their one of the guys at the gym asks Yuri to roll. Well, he said that this guy went up to Yuri all friendly and was like, hey, Yuri, do you want to roll? Let's have a friendly roll. And Yuri took that as disrespect. He felt like this guy was challenging him. And so they said that, hey, we watched, like everybody watched this guy at our gym get absolutely thrashed by ADCC, multiple time ADCC champion Yuri Samoa. like Yuri just beat the crap out of him. He was playing or just being super rough. He was like putting his knee in his neck and just super aggressive knee on bellies and super hard cross faces and just ripping on submissions. And the guy was like, man, we all were just completely shocked. And it was just a horrible experience. Like we all felt bad. We didn't know what to do. And, you know, this guy had just, we'd brought him in for a seminar and, you know, here he is, like somebody asks him to roll and I can't remember what belt the, the guy said he was, but I feel like it was just like a white or blue belt and he just <laughs> beat the crap out of this guy. And I always think that's just great. Like I just can't imagine, like we're talking about an ADCC absolute champion beating the crap out of a beginner. Like you imagine how overwhelming because like I'll try to I try to put myself in their shoes. Like imagine myself, Yuri taking issue with something that I said. Or maybe I asked him at the end of the round, hey, Yuri, can I get a roll? And he took that as disrespect. And now I've got this dude who always moved by 50 pounds, who's a world-class grappler trying to kill me. I mean, there's not a lot I could do, let alone just some average Joe just wanting to get a pick and a roll with the dude. And I've heard stories of this. You know, you'll hear different stories over the years of, you know, dudes at seminars um, getting absolutely destroyed. And I've heard for, like, different things. You know, I heard one time Hoffa Mendes, for instance, Rolling at a seminar, a guy blast doubled Hoffa, like blast doubled him, and then Hoffa beat the crap out of him. And I think I heard Hoffa popped his arm pretty bad. And I don't know, you know, like this, who knows? Maybe Yuri Samos was rolling with this guy, and the first thing this guy did was like, you know, just some create like a flying scissor, or he jumped guard, or maybe he actually need or kicked Yuri in the face, something like that. I mean, that's possible. I know that I have uh, some of the seminars I've given. I mean, everybody there is trying to kill you. Maybe not everybody, but at least half the people there are trying to kill you. They're trying to get a piece of the black belt instructor. And even if somebody's like, oh man, they had good intentions, like maybe this guy rolled with them super aggressively and Yuri felt that in the first 10 seconds and was like, okay, I'm going to put this guy in his place. And he resorted to just beating the crap out of this dude. I don't know. But I say this to say that there were tons of comments afterwards. And Yuri Samoas and the Calatera Association, they don't have the best reputation. I've heard stories, different stories, especially about Calatera. You know, I know people that have had great experiences with Calatera. They're like, man, I brought Calatera to my seminar or I bought him to like a weekend retreat. He was great. He, um, everybody had a great time working with him. But I also know people that have had an absolute terrible experience with Calatera. And I think back to just 
Kim Tara and Kyle Tara at one of the latest CJJs where Kim Tara competed, and he ended up losing, and he had a complete meltdown. Both of them had a complete meltdown on Eddie and some of the 10th Planet guys. That's like the staff of CJJ. And I can't even remember what it was about. Like maybe they, it was like because he lost an EBIOT and maybe it was about EBIT. But essentially they were like trying to fight like Eddie Bravo and they had complete meltdown, complete meltdown. And so I don't I think they're banned. Like I don't think they can ever come back to like an EBI event. And I just remember seeing that footage. And I mean, obviously, Brandon was there and there was a bunch of people I know there. And they were just talking about how insane Calatera and Kim Tara being and that's kind of what it seems like with them it's very hot and cold like very um kind of bipolarish. where you know like I said there's people I know that um like just even 10 planet people that have brought him in for a seminar great time with with Calatera well I know other people that have crazy stories to tell about him just being super disrespectful to people at the seminars or just answering questions. Like, you know, a student will have a question. And uh, I, I know somebody on Reddit was like, and I've heard this before too, not just from Reddit, but just he'll be like, if you ask him a question, he'll be like, ah, just buy my DVD. Like, uh, I answered that in my DVD. So he won't even answer the sim- Like, he'll ask for a question at the seminar and someone will ask and then he'll just point to the DVD. But there's a bunch of really weird stories like that about there about Calterra. And the same is kind of true um, for Yuri Samoas. I've heard similar stories about Yuri. Um, again, I know people that have had great dealings with Yuri Samoas, but I've also heard of a couple people that haven't had the best experience with Yuri. Now, not quite as extreme as Calterra, but at the same time, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. And so is this story true? I mean, I definitely... Uh, find it on the more believable side you know and if i had to hey ten thousand dollar bet one way or the other do you think it was true or not i would probably say it is true but this is where this story gets bizarre and and quite frankly just absolutely hilarious because yuri samoas starts kind of has a meltdown about this reddit post and so he's kind of already went at Craig, but now this Reddit post is happening and he kind of have a, has a meltdown and he is saying that this is false, that this never happened. And he is saying that somebody on B team planted this story or made this story up and posted it on Reddit to make him look bad. And they're doing this because he is fighting Nikki Rod coming up. And I just do not buy this for a second. Why in the hell? Would anyone go out of their way to post this story about Yuri Samoa? So it was this long story, and it just doesn't make any sense. I mean, it just doesn't seem like something the B team would do. That's just not really how they go about. Like, their way of getting at somebody is just they're going to make like a, like some type of spoof video making fun of them. They're not going to do some like underhand, like Craig Jones will just come out and say like, hey, like, you know, he's just going to bring the jokes right at you or he's going to just go at you. He's going to go on your Instagram page like he'll engage in the back and forth, but he's not going to send somebody out or Nikki Rod for sure. Nikki Rod's not telling one of the, the B team blue belts to write a Yuri Samoas, uh, you know, think something about Yuri Samoas that's going to make him look bad, you know, and so. And Yuri's going, oh man, Craig Jones and his followers, all the people that, you know, 
that love them. They are trying to make me look bad. They're trying to take away from my business. And it's all because Craig's scared to fight me. And I've been calling for Craig for a while now, but he won't accept it. He only fights. And this is what he said. He said, Craig only fights seats that was like his last fight who Craig just competed at Polaris against UFC fighter Gerald Mearshart. And Gerald Mearshart is an G. He is a bad dude. And while Jared Mearshart isn't the most successful UFC fighter, he's had a successful career. And if you look at his MMA career, he's done very, very well. And the funniest thing is, is that Yuri Smolis was coming at Gerald. He was like, look, you're fighting some C-tier UFC fighter. He's a nobody in the UFC. And Gerald Mearshart just gets caught in the crossfire. And he comes back and is like, okay, buddy, like, what's your MMA record? And Yuri's MMA record is 0-2. So he had two MMA fights, lost both of them. But here he is going at Gerald Mearshart, calling him a trash opponent when Gerald Mearshart is a black belt. And he also has more submission victories in MMA than Yuri Smolis does in grappling. How insane is that? You know how hard it is to submit somebody in MMA? Like, that's super hard. And Gerald Mearshart has done that more times in an MMA fight. He has submitted more people in an MMA fight than Yuri Smolis has in his entire grappling career. Just insane. And so, uh, Yuri ends up pulling that that comment down. He deletes that comment. And uh, it's just hilarious, right? Well, it gets even deeper. Well, like I said, Yuri's claimed that the B team have created this. And so, he start sharing on his Instagram pictures or screenshots of people defending him on Reddit or people messaging him in his DMs talking about how great of a guy he is. And a couple of those posts were people posting on Reddit with these long, you know, like, hey, I trained with the great champion Yuri Samoas. He was nothing but a gentleman, just that type of stuff. You know, he taught a great technique and he rolled with everyone. And it was some of the most technical and best rounds I've ever had. He treated me respectfully and he didn't crank. He was super gentle and he was one of the best roles. You know, just that type of thing. It's really over the top. Yuri Samoas essentially is the best human alive. And what's super funny is somebody pointed this out that these screenshots that Yuri had posted were the Reddit post was in green. And so on Reddit, when you make a post, your post shows up in green text. And so these posts that he was sharing were green. And so it was like he made these posts himself on Reddit. It's like he created an account and all these posts, there's like two or three of them, they all were new accounts on Reddit, like they'd been created uh, like that day. And like I said, they posted it and then there was an immediate screenshot and it was immediately on his Instagram. And so it's just like, did he really make a couple of separate accounts and post these things and then Craig was was saying that he used chat GPT to <laughs> write these posts about himself and then he posted it on Reddit and then he's sharing it on his Instagram but it's just hilarious you know just how many blunders can Yuri Samoas make 
you cannot go at Craig Jones. And to give Craig Jones this ammunition, like, talk about game, set, match. I mean, it was just an embarrassing week for Yuri Samoas. And I, I, I mean, of course now there's definitely, like, more interest in the Nicky Rod, Yuri Samoas match for myself. You guys know that I'm always a fan of the buildup for the fights and when things get personal. Um, I think it, 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 that makes the match even better. And so now, um, I mean, if Nicky Rod beats Yuri Samoas, talk about just a huge L for Yuri Samoas all around. But Yuri Samoas is like, he's a funny guy, right? Because Yuri has been super successful. He's a multiple-time ADCC champion. He just won the ADCC Absolutes. He's competed and had success in a variety of different formats. He's done well in IBJJF. He's done well in CJJ. He's done well in EBI. He's uh, obviously an ADCC champion. But he just doesn't, he doesn't move the ticker here. Like Nobody's calling for Yuri Samoas matches. And the big reason for that is his style. His style is very boring. Like this last ADCC, he, in his bracket, he won his first match against Luke Griffith by ref's decision. Second match, he ends up losing to Nicholas Marigali by ref's decision. Goes to the absolute. He ends up winning his first match against Lachlan Giles. Negative penalty. Couldn't pass Lachlan's guard. He outweighs Lachlan by like 60 pounds. Couldn't pass his guard. I thought Lachlan looked absolutely phenomenal. But in the OT, he pulled. Lachlan doesn't have much wrestling. He's definitely not out-wrestling Yuri. So he pulls. Yuri just kind of does the dance around the outside. He ends up winning by a negative. Then we have his match against uh, Nicky Rod. That ends up going to a ref's decision. And like I said, either guy could have won. Super boring. Semifinals, him versus Cyborg. And I remember seeing that. When I saw that they were in the semifinals, I was like, oh, God, what a terrible matchup. I hope both of them somehow lose. Well, he ends up beating Cyborg 2-0. And then in the finals against Marigali, he ends up winning by a negative. So in six matches at ADCC, he scored two total points. He's, uh, he had five wins. Of those five wins... Two of them were by ref's decision, and then the other two were by a negative point. So he just doesn't really move the ticker. He has 88 wins in his grappling career, and only 20, I think it was like 21 submissions, 20 submissions. And like I said, Gerald Mearshart has way less fights, and he has more subs in his, as a professional mixed martial arts in pro MMA than he does as a pure grappler. And uh, so, yeah, while he's had success, I just think some of these guys have like a really tough time not understanding why they don't get the same hype or they're not like because like he sees and it's kind of like he was going at Craig Jones because Craig's all talk and he just wants to fight easy people. But at the end of the day, Craig moves the needle. He's super fun to watch. He's super innovative. He's constantly rising the bar, raising the bar of grappling. Um, he's taking on he's taken on so many challenges throughout his career, and yes, while he doesn't have an ADCC championship and Yuri Samoas has three, I just feel like Craig's overall resume, especially with his submission victories, I just always put that as way more impressive than a guy 
that goes out there and essentially does anti-grappling and just doesn't tie up, doesn't allow grips on himself and just kind of plays the game to win. And I understand that's an important part of being a grappler, but it will not make you fans and it will not make you money in this sport. And so I think that's where a lot of it comes in. And um, I, I just don't get it, you know, uh, especially as the sport continues to grow. Um, I, I just don't understand why grapplers aren't willing to take more chances. But at the same time, Yuri's done really well for himself and he's had a lot of success with his style. So I'm excited and that UFC Invitational 5 uh, happening December 9th. And that card should be super sick. We got Gordon Ryan versus Mason Fowler as the main event. It's a match I've already talked about. And we've also got this one. And I think they're they're doing a absolute uh, tournament again, which Nikki Rod was the returning champion last time. Till next time, guys. I love and appreciate you. Have a great weekend. Peace.